slash techpod, where we discuss all things e-discovery, cybersecurity, data privacy, tech innovation. I'm Laura Milstein, and I know a little bit about technology. And I'm Kevin Albert, and I feel like I know a little bit about technology as well. But we always think that we can get on people that know a little bit more than us. So we are bringing on heavy hitters in the industry to help us break down these topics. And today, Kevin, who are we talking to? We're talking to Andrea Jan Angelo. He is the CEO and head of project for Ayubenda, which is a provider of legal compliance solutions in the field of privacy and e-commerce with 90,000 clients in 100 plus countries. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. So before we even dive into more about you, I just want to announce that we're sad that Gabby is out sick today, but happy that Kevin is here. Kevin was really excited to have you on the episode today because he usually gets to kind of come on at the end and, and sort of judge our guests. And so when he gets to kind of come on for me or Gabby, when one of us can't make it, he's kind of hesitant of which episodes he wants to join. But Kevin is a big fan of privacy. So I know Kevin wanted to ask you more about your background, but I just wanted to say Kevin's excited for you. So you have a lot to kind of hold up your end on this one. <laughs> okay, I'll try to. Excellent. I guess let's start, as Laura mentioned, with your background. Can you tell us sort of where you started, what you've been working on? Give us a little bit of the history. Yeah, we started what well, now is 12 years ago uh, when uh, nobody really cared about privacy. Work was more about sharing and you had Mark Zuckerberg on the uh, cover of Time magazine. And uh, at the time, though, the, there was a little bit of legislation around privacy and you needed to have a privacy policy. So some kind of text uh, describing how you you were doing with personal data on your, uh, on your website. And so the idea was, since that was the only requirement, it looked uh, kind of similar across the globe. It was to automate that requirement and to give everyone a, a way to to get a privacy policy without having to copy paste or at least having an alternative to to a lawyer or having something that the lawyer, their lawyer could could start from. Flash forward now, the world has changed. Uh, you have GDPR, you have all sorts of state laws in the U.S. coming up next year as well. Now there is California, CCPA, but more coming. Uh, so the world is a lot more complex uh, when it comes to privacy. So we now have a much wider range of products, but still with the idea that if you have a website and you want to make it compliant in a very easy way, you can do it just at Ibenda and you can get the privacy policy like the beginning, but you can also get terms and conditions, uh, cookie banner, do not sell notices for the CCPA and other tools that allow you to very easily get compliant. And yet that, that, you know, so far we've been trusted by over 90,000 clients. Plus we also have a, a free version that's used by hundreds of thousands of, of websites worldwide. And are you helping beyond just the policy? Are you guys doing the, the checks to make sure that everybody is compliant? Where is your company's sort of sweet spot? Uh, yeah, I mean, our sweet spot is into making it really easy and providing you the tools that, again, achieve this 360 degree compliance, but in an easy way, you know, because you have privacy rights, they are really important. And uh, they were introduced right after, you know, the totalitarisms in World, you know, World War II. Uh, but uh, from a business end, it's really a chore, you know, so I think because we in the pills is kind of our job, you know, making it as easy as possible, especially for small businesses that don't really have like the huge stack of, of uh, lawyers budget or you know really don't don't have the time and really want to focus on what they're building and get out the way the, the the compliance part the legal part and that's where we really try to shine on making it super super fast super easy 
uh, sort of, you know, uh, uh, DIY, but with, with some tools, you know, that help you out. Yeah. So one of the big reasons that we really wanted to bring you on today is because you've obviously come in and created something that's different. A lot of people we bring on have done this. And based on your background and the fact that you're really in the grains, you're, you're in the weeds making changes when it comes to tech, you have to kind of be compliant to yourself. You have to know a lot about data privacy in order to make these things happen. And with laws constantly changing, how are you doing that? What changes do you see happening down the line in privacy? Um, and not just specific to your company, but just in general, what's happening? Yeah, I mean, so far, I would say privacy has been a kind of a European thing, especially looking from the other side of the ocean, but uh, things are changing. Now you have a, a law that's similar to the GPR in China, out of all places. And and actually things and I mean just outside of the U.S. borders in Canada things are starting to change. There is a new law coming up uh, soon, and also even though at the federal level uh, things have been kind of a discussion stage for for quite some time, you now have uh, several states that have approved or are discussing privacy regulations. So the first was California. Uh, you have CCPA that has been in, in, in force for, for a few years. And next, you have um, uh, a number of other states that are uh, coming up with uh, uh, with with the privacy laws. You have, you have Nevada that's been up for a while. And as an amended version that just uh, that, you know, that came in last year, you have Virginia. You have the new version of the law in California. Uh, Oklahoma, Colorado, Connecticut, Utah—the list is long. So pretty much every every other U.S. state is is gearing up for having some kind of privacy regulation, and that's I think the change that really is coming. You know, from from this just being um, a European thing, it's becoming a global thing. Brazil also has as a privacy law, uh, so it's becoming something that also businesses are are, are kind of. Uh, Taking as a given, and you see that, and it's also becoming uh, a competition space. Yeah, you have Apple that's coming up with, uh, uh, you know, with privacy as as a as a competition uh, point, and even Google that has uh, made using of the, the using data there um, at the center of the strategy of their business. You know, they're starting to say, hey, we're gonna dial down on on, on data use on on and, and and put privacy more into the mix. Uh, so I think that's that's what's coming. And the challenge really for, for businesses is going to be on one side, uh, having to dedicate more time and resources to compliance, you know, to, to keep, um, keeping up with these uh, digital regulations on, on, in terms of what do you need to do, what do you need to disclose, you need to have a do not sell button uh, and all these things. And then on on uh, on, another, on the other end, all the targeting capabilities are, are reduced. So tracking is harder. So analytics are harder to get. So all of that needs to be kept into account when you when you try to do business on online uh, as well. So one of the big downsides that that we've heard, you know, from other folks on, on this podcast is about the costs of implementing a lot of these policies, and and with that, it really like hampering innovation. Do you feel like that is true? Do you feel like that's something that a lot of companies are dealing with? And and how would you recommend companies kind of overcome the regulations to be able to still innovate and and still be able to be a cutting edge company going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it's about. I mean, 
on one side, I think you, you have to think both from the side of yourself as a consumer and both from the sides of yourself as a business owner or business operator. And as a, as consumers, this is all good, you know, because we are protected, our choices are, our capability to make choices is protected, okay? So, and also thinking about minors and not just adults that can make uh, choices, but, you know, having strong defaults also helps, say, weaker categories like, like, uh, like underage people. So I think from a consumer point of view, this is good. And uh, at the same time, this is something that gets in the way of doing business. But I think what matters is that the, the competition field is even. So this is very important because if we're all competing with the same rules, then everything is kind of self-adapts. So I think enforcement is also important because if only, the, like, it's, if it's a personal initiative to comply and it's not something that is enforced, then there are gaps, you know, and, and uh, imbalances in the competition. Okay? And, and there is definitely this, this thing right now in Europe where European companies have less of a way to use data, you know, because of the IRA regulation. So they have less of a way to compete with non-European companies. But at the same time, again, if the, the word kind of clarifies in terms of, of privacy regulation, this will be less of a thing, okay? Because everyone will have the same tools at the end of the day. So the, also in terms of capability or so targeting, the technology will eventually evolve to to still uh, get to get to where we need to be. At the same time, of course, as you say, this creates costs. And that's where I think tools can be uh, of use. You know, there is our company, but also other companies. And again, the idea is to get, you know, get the tools in the market that can help you do this in, a, in an affordable way. And I will say, definitely use your legal professionals and that's important, but maybe you consider using them in conjunction with with software, with technology, which can make really uh, your you know your your consultancy money really worth it, and then you know kind of leverage uh, your consultancy uh, budget and just just make things make the same things just more effective, more maintainable, with the same level of effectiveness from from a legal point. Do you find that these regulations though have sort of unintended consequences? You know, one of the things we all often see people complain about is that it's a lot harder to track cyber crime because a lot of these regulations are sort of um, muting out a lot of the data that we used to use to really track that. How do you overcome that? And, and you know, do, what do you think are the next phase of this? Yeah, there is there is definitely all sorts of things. Like uh, sometimes even, for instance, in Europe, you know, sometimes you, you reject uh, cookies and you cannot see uh, an embedded content like a video. So the page is not working and you don't exactly know why it's okay. okay? Uh, so I think the, there is a lot of adjustment that needs to, to, to happen. And also from a from a legal point of view, from the legislator's point of view, I think there is also a, a bunch of things that could be improved in the legislation. Uh, but I think this, that that's that's a, a process that goes in the direction of again, I think making things more even between the consumers' rights and the power of, of businesses. You know, especially large businesses that are all the huge amounts of data. I think things are kind of evening, evening out, and in a way, it's also a bit of uh, not really true in a sense because in Europe, uh, which again is the legislation of reference right now, you have something called legitimate interest, and usually cybercrime is covered. So fighting frauds and similar is covered by legitimate interests, which means that you don't require, you don't need consent. You can just do whatever you want as long as you are, again, a legitimate interest, which is kind of a, a wider concept. But in this case, it's obvious, you know, you are trying to prevent fraud. So you don't need to 
to to get a consent for that. Okay, so you can just do it. Use data for you know whatever you, data you need, whatever track you need to to grant fraud. Of course, the point is also that then companies sometimes say that they want to prevent fraud, but didn't use data for other me for other uh, yeah means. So there is you know, that is all other topic. And that's why, again, as I was saying, enforcement is very important. Otherwise, there will be those that comply and they uh, will be outcompeted by those that don't comply. So, that, and that's that's not pleasant. And it's a, it's a bit like taxes, you know, it's easy, you know, it's much easier to, easier to compete if you don't pay taxes, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. If only we could all just not pay taxes. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I want to kind of go back a little bit to the cookie part. Uh, every time I go to a website and it's like, do you want to accept these cookies? I'm like, no, I don't accept. I'm not interested. And I notice a lot of times it's okay. Then the website is like, fine, we're not happy, but continue. But sometimes it will just be like, then I guess you can't enter our website. And you're kind of putting a battle between, do I want to buy this outfit or whatever site I'm on? Or do I want to feel, you know, like it's it's a stressful point of view to not know. And, and you don't really know. A lot of people are like, what does that mean? Yes, I accept these cookies. What am I actually giving away? Do you think those are going to change? Do you think all of a sudden cookies will be called, you know, crackers and be a totally different thing? Will they be like, you know still cookies. I, I can't think of a better word for cookies. Honestly, they, it's nice being called cookies. I want to take an actual minute on my rant here to just say, it sounds friendly. I'm like, I'd love to accept these cookies. But if it did say something less appealing, I can't even think of anything, even like cracker snack pack, they all sound great. But something that maybe I was like, oh, this is scary. I don't want to accept. And maybe because it's called cookies, people that aren't thinking about it are like, sure, I don't care. How do you feel about that? Are sites going to make it where we have no option but to accept this? Are they going to change? What is that going to look like? Can you break down the cookies for us? Yeah, for, for uh, to begin with, uh, Google has already announced that they're gonna stop using uh, allowing cookies in Google Chrome, and already you have Safari that kind of doesn't really install cookies. I mean, kind of fights cookie already, cookies already at least third-party cookies. Uh, Firefox is doing the same. So browsers, uh, even Google, which basically runs its business on tracking. Have understood that this technology's time is, is, is passing. Okay, and what's what's been happening is that it's being replaced by other means of of tracking, which in some cases are kind of ugly because they can be proprietary means that are relying on, uh, for instance, in the in Google side on browser API that Google then control Google then controls. While you have cookies which are transparent and open technology you know in browsers so i will say right now it's it's uh, it's hard to say for certain uh, how the future is going to look like but for sure there is a huge amount of uh, resources uh, on uh, the end particularly of those that run this to try and find an alternative that either doesn't rely on tracking or relies on a different way of tracking so you're seeing a lot of fingerprinting so uh, using your IP address and 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 browser signature to identify you, uh, or modeling systems that uh, basically take those few that do accept to get tracked and model the remaining the remaining 
performance to give an accurate tracking, even though the rest is modeled, okay? And Google is doing a lot of that, for instance, and it has some launched something called content mode that allows you to, that allows uh, Google's products to operate without consent, so without tracking. So basically, that's uh, that's what we're going into. But even before that, consider that today, uh, even without the problem of cookie consent and rejection, you have a huge amount of traffic that uh, of users that are using uh, ad blockers. Okay, and we've calculated that between in Europe, between ad blockers and uh, rejections, and also browsers blocks of, of all sorts that now many browsers do have by default, like again Firefox or Brave browser, etc. Uh, you're losing 70% of the tracking. So you're basically, you know, the visitors that you see on, on your site, that the ads that you, that the ad clicks that you attribute are only 30% of what you actually get. And, and imagine how massive this is for anyone that is trying to run an e-commerce, for instance, and needs to know how many users their campaigns are, are the, the paid campaigns are generating, how many purchases. And let's say that what they're actually getting inside uh, Google's uh, reporting uh, in uh, Google uh, Google Ads reporting is only thirty percent of uh, what they actually are getting. Okay, so they think they're going the the results are down. It's just that the, the, their tracking is down, right? but you have no way to really certainly find out. And that's why many now are starting to look at ways to do first party tracking. Okay, so you're looking at companies getting tooled up to no longer use third parties and no longer use JavaScript, but rather use backend systems to uh, autonomously attribute the performance of the campaigns to uh, to, to manually collect analytics. So I think this is going to be more and more of a thing because regardless of the legislation, already ad blockers are kind of half of the problem uh, today. And sorry, one last thing. You, you mentioned about the option of Going for like what what we what we say what we um, call a cookie wall or you know paywall based on cookies. So either you accept and get tracked, or you need to pay us. And this is becoming more and more common in Europe with publishers. And we actually have quite many publishers that are clients that are experimenting with this uh, today because they see their ads. Uh, revenue going down because again, if you are running your business on ads with ads and 70% of your impressions are no longer, uh, you know, with, prof- with, pro- uh, with profiling and they are kind of dumb ads, you know, they're just random ads. You're losing a lot of money and uh, that starts to become a problem in terms of just paying uh, salaries, you know, and just sustaining your, your structure. So they're really kind of desperately resorting to these measures where, again, either you accept tracking or you have to to pay for the paid version of, of the of the you know news outlet whatever that is so you, we're seeing more and more of that and i think it's it's also going to again change a bit how consumers feel where sometimes i think consumers will accept to the value of allowing tracking as they understand that this is what sustains the the article that they're reading uh, the podcast that they're listening to the video that they're watching. So I think this might bring back the value of, 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 of advertising, okay, of, you know, understanding, okay, yes, I'm getting tracked. You're telling me you're being transparent and I'm fine with it because that's how I'm paying. Otherwise, I don't want to be tracked. I can pay a fair amount for what uh, what service I'm getting for free when it's uh, loaded with ads.
Um, I guess I have a, an additional question. I mean, as we see businesses and regulations seeking to give us greater ownership of our data, what does the future of data privacy look like? Yeah, I think I think it, uh, I think we're seeing we're going to see more and more of these hybrid models where um, it's going to become commonplace to say, okay, advertising comes with some degree of tracking. And if you are fine with that, then uh, the well, you know whatever you're going to do is free. But if you don't want to be tracked, you need to accept that uh, you need to sustain what you're reading with the with money. So I think more and more of these models are gonna are gonna come up with where uh, there is going to be some kind of uh, paid version that doesn't come with that. Otherwise, you need to accept to be tracked. Also, because the point is. The legislation does allow it, okay? So for publishers that are facing uh, uh, extinction, it's the only choice. It's not like they can, you know, play it any other way. And then a lot of modeling, I think. A lot of, uh, there will be huge gaps in tracking. So a lot of modeling. And finally, as I was saying, a lot of first-party tracking. So all of the, you know, right nowadays it's commonplace to say, okay, I'm using a third-party tool to track, okay? I think there's gonna be more and more, I want to track, I need to have some kind of first party system uh, that I, you know, from the back end that doesn't send data to anyone uh, so that the data stays with me, I only do the strictly necessary with it, which is track it, track my business performance, okay? And I don't have Google doing other things with the data, I have second, second goals, uh, you know, again, with the exchange of giving me an analytics tool for free, you know, again, it's always like that. You know, there is right now there is a hidden transaction when data is exchanged, which is okay. I'm giving you, you give me data, I give you something for free, and that is hidden. There is not really a choice, okay. And I think surfacing this choice is going to change a bit the model, the business model of the web, uh, not necessarily for the worst, I think. Awesome. So, where are you located? Uh, we're, uh, the company is a bit uh, everywhere. I'm personally in Italy. The company was founded in Italy, but we have people in like 25 nationalities and, and a bunch of countries. So. Talking us from Italy. That's exciting. Well, um, you've been amazing. So uh, I just want to say thank you. Yeah, uh, you've been awesome on the show today. I think we've really dove into data privacy, your company, the changes that are going to take place. I think you didn't you didn't fully scare me, which I appreciate, but didn't really excite me either into where data, data privacy is going because it's it's like. I'm nervous. I'm not like scared, scared, but I'm not sure I'm ready yet. So it's sort of a fine line, but I, I really appreciate all of the time that, that you've spent with us today. Um, Kevin, for those of you who don't know, is just smiling. So he's still pretty excited about this, but I, I think we all learned a lot. So before we officially let you go, for all of our listeners right now that maybe aren't as ingrained in data privacy as you are um, and your company, is there anything that you would tell them that they should do or look out for? Yeah, definitely uh, look out for whatever is coming in the U.S. and be prepared because we see so many businesses just wake up the next day after the legislation is on and, and realize that they need to do something. So uh, get prepared, you know, get informed, uh, keep keep your eyes out. And also, as a, again, as I said, uh, really question your capability of, of if you have a website and you rely on analytics, on tracking uh, through advertising, Really question your your the data that you're getting because without blockers, cookie rejections, etc., 
probably you a, a, a huge amount of the data that you think you 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 will be tracking you're not tracking and it's getting stuck from you know all these systems blocking it even outside of GDPR outside of cookie. Awesome. Well, Andrea, thanks again for being on the show today. Thank you. Uh, it was my pleasure. Laura, we just finished talking with um, Andrea Jan Angelo. What were your tech t- takeaways? What did you think of that episode? I love that he got on and talked to us from Italy, but I was jealous that we didn't do this in person in Italy. Just full disclosure, I think I need to go to Italy and meet him in real time. But I think it's interesting. We do a lot of data privacy episodes, and I think we talk a lot about what's going to happen in the future of data privacy. We dive into GDPR. We dive into other regulations. But I like that with him, he gave us more of things to really look out for, things that are going to be happening. I mean... I think we could have done like six episodes on cookies alone, which is kind of ridiculous that you can, but it's because with every little topic, you can really get into the granular, you know, data points to everything. Just accepting cookies on a website is not just accepting it. Our data is not just our data. By sharing your data, you're really exposing yourself, you're exposing your friends, you're exposing your family, and uh, eventually you're exposing everything. I mean, you're you're essentially giving all kinds of bad people money to get paid to do all kinds of things. And we dive into that a lot, but we don't look at it from the perspective of, well, what's just going to naturally happen? And I think he did a good job of kind of explaining that. What were, what were your tech tips? I mean, this is really your strong suit, Kev. You were really excited to have him on um, and sad that Gabby couldn't join. But I think, you know, with you joining, when you get to come on as a host, you get to do it in a different light. So do you think that his episode was one that you really feel like you learned a lot from or how'd you feel? I liked it. I thought it was interesting. For me, one of the pieces that I thought was really kind of interesting was how he's talking about the cost of some of these things, right? You assume like the Facebooks, the Googles, you know, some of these massive organizations, they're going to be fine. They have the money they can spend no matter what, either on, you know, their innovations, on their compliance, on what have you. Um, but a smaller company, small businesses are really going to get killed by some of these things. And one of the things he mentioned, which I thought was interesting, was how you could really turn this into more of a consulting opportunity. Um, and so it really does protect some of the smaller businesses from being able to still maintain and still be able to compete in the marketplace. And so for me, that was a pretty big uh, piece of this that I took away. Uh, I think that was a great tech tip. You basically took my rant, shortened it, and made it better. So for everyone listening, Kevin is is more accurate than I am at all points. But if you have any... It's true. If you have any points for us, if you have anything that you'd like to know, if any suggestions of guests, of topics or just anything you want to say to us, please reach out to us at contact at thattechpod.com. Head over to our website, www.thattechpod.com. Enter your email to subscribe, get some merchandise. Uh, check us out on our social media, LinkedIn slash thattechpod, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out, thattechpod. Yeah, and and, um, if you can, go on to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five-star review. Um, Give us, you know, your feedback and and let us know how we're doing. Um, But all that little, all that information helps with the algorithm um, and we really appreciate it. Thanks everyone who's listening. Uh, We dedicate this episode to Gabby and hope she's feeling better and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.